everyone. Thank you for jumping on to the next episode of Weathering the Market. I'm meteorologist Kaylee Carey. And I'm meteorologist Dion DeLeo. And we have a very special guest joining us today. We have our chief meteorologist here on the podcast with us, Larry Heitkemper. Hi, Larry. Hello. Hello. How are you doing on this lovely Cinco de Mayo? I'm doing fine. We got got some rain where I'm located today, but other than that, I'm doing fine. Ooh, excellent. That leads us right into our next topic. We're going to be talking about excess rain today. You know why we're going to be looking at excess rain today, Dion? Uh, my guess is because we're doing a lot of planning, planting, not planning, planting across the United States over the next couple of weeks and leading into the summer uh, growing season. So it's pretty important. Yes, rain is important. But today we're really going to be focusing on the Madden-Julian oscillation. Say that three times fast. Does anyone know a simple way to explain the Madden-Julian oscillation? Um, it's that dance that Michael Jackson does, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> No, basically, think of it as a bicycle kind of going around the equator. One side is picking up water. The other side is dumping it down. It's basically this disturbance that kind of goes around the globe in about, it takes anywhere from 30 to 60 days to make its way around. But the beautiful thing about it is, is that we can forecast it. And a lot of times it affects what's happening right here in North America, right? Very true. true. And oftentimes we can see a lot you know, well, I guess let's not, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. Let's just, let's, let's, let's start with that. Go right ahead. Okay. So something that's really interesting is that uh, the Pacific North American oscillation, it was forecasted to go positive for a little bit back in April. And then the model started picking back up on it again. So I knew like, well, what does that mean? Well, what it means is that when the PNA goes positive, it shows that the NJO is having a very influential, I guess you could say it's influencing the weather patterns. So when we saw that PNA go positive, it was a red flag. NJO is in control. And then when that happened, something else interesting happened this week. The Euro weeklies, when they came out earlier, it started showing colder air moving down. And you know what that coincides with? The current phases of the NJO and the forecasted phases of NJO. So there's eight different phases. One, two, three, well, I was about to list out one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Everyone can count, (laughs) but phases one through four they really implied cooler air starting to dip down into North America. And the models really started picking up on that this week. But what we're looking at as we move forward is this cooler air, it's coming in, but not all the way through Texas, not all the way through Louisiana. We're seeing this cold air kind of stop in Oklahoma, Arkansas, you know, just kind of right across that Kentucky line. So when we have that cooler air coming down from the north and that warmer air up from the south, what does that tend to imply? Well, we're going to start to see a lot of more, a lot more convection in those areas. And a lot of this, of course, things get a little bit more complicated when, once we start uh, uh, introducing the current stages of the INSO. Of course, as we've mentioned several times on this podcast, you know, the INSO is forecast to remain fairly in the weak La Nina phase or maybe even more kind of into the neutral phase. And because of this, uh, what we start to see is uh, we start to see more of a of a uh, destructive kind of interference, uh, what they refer to as destructive interference between both the NJO and the ENSO. So while the La Nina typically hints towards a little bit of a drier across the southeast and the parts of the Mississippi Valley, because it's weak, it gets overpowered by the NJO phase, which is what we're expecting to be mostly in control in the next couple of weeks thus bringing above average precipitation to those regions. So everything's beginning to, to really line up for, for wet and cooler weather 
everywhere from the Mississippi Valley across the Southeast and even portions of the Ohio and the Northeast. And Larry, what implications would that have on the market when we're seeing this excess rain making its way through Ohio River Valley, Mississippi Valley and the Delta? Well, the, the current situation, of course, in the markets is we have near record uh, prices, and especially for corn and, and even beans. And any delays in corn planting will get the market more more nervous. Of course, we have a saying in the markets that rain makes grain. So if they can get planted, the rain would actually end up probably being beneficial by increasing the soil moisture. So it's something that has to be, be watched fairly closely. And, and of course, playing off of this is a situation in Brazil where they've had a lot of dryness for the safrinha crop, and, and that's causing prices to to also move up. We expect the production numbers there probably to go down some more as, as the new reports come in. So so it's very important the U.S. crop get in this year. And it probably uh, the other comment I'd make is with the corn, once they start planting and these prices are going on, they may, they may just keep planting. So if we can get planting started, it could actually take a little acreage out of beans and be also interesting to see what happens in Northern Plains as to whether corn will take some acreage out of wheat. But uh, we could see a surprise in corn acreage if we can get the planting going, uh, an upward surprise. However, if this rains uh, start affecting planting, then that won't happen. Yeah, so a lot to monitor, a lot going on. We're looking at Currently, the NJO is, I mean, I think the strongest, or it's, it's very strong for this time of year. It's, I've never seen it this strong in the month of April. And a lot of times that indicates that the NJO is the driving force moving forward. So in forecasting currently, I'm leaning on that a lot. And especially with the Euros correcting the bias with the latest weekly runs, I think that a lot of rain is something that we are going to be dealing with. And something else to monitor would be excess soil moisture potentially in the Ohio River Valley. So I'm thinking eastern portion of the Corn Belt it's, you know, they're seeing a lot of rain, but Larry, do you think there's going to be too much? Is this too much rain for them? Is this slowing things down? Or are they, are they still sitting okay, you think? I think they're okay right now. With this rainfall, uh, one thing we have to remember in the U.S. with our mechanization, we can plant very quickly. Uh, there's stories that they can plant the state of Iowa in 10 days, uh, which of course is our biggest corn producing state. So we can plant very quickly if we get a window. And so all we need is a dry window in between rain events to, to get the crop in, which, you know, most years that happens. Not sure this year if that's going to play out or not. But the other thing is the further south you'll go, of course, the longer you got to get the corn in. Uh, so it's more important in the northern areas to have real seasonable and less rain during planting season. And Dion, I also know you've been following this really closely. What's going on in the western corn belt and, you know, what problems could that into the picture? Well, I mean, what we're really seeing is, for, especially for the western parts of the Corn Belt, is just excess dryness. I mean, we're already beginning to see portions of Iowa becoming drier already as, as the ENSO pattern and, and everything begins to just really set in place as we gear up over the, the, the bulk of the planting and, and growing season. So uh, we can continue to see excess dryness from the northern plains, portions of the uh, western Midwest, I guess all the way down across the, the southern plains as well. And then if you know, and, and, and farther onto the western parts of the country. So that'll just continue to worsen the situation for them. All right. That's all we have for you guys today. Is there anything else anybody wants to add? Uh, yeah, I'd like to add one other uh, comment. As Dion said about the dryness in the western belt, any, any shortage in corn production this year will increase prices uh, even further, and we're probably already to the extent that we may see some price rationing. And, and underlying all this is... Uh, 
this is going to put inflationary pressures on food prices. Interesting. So food's going to get more expensive. That's right. Be ready for it. I've seen a few articles saying that, though, to be expecting that later yeah, this year. Secret. It's already starting. In yeah. Good deal, everyone. Thanks for joining us on this week's episode of Weathering the Market. Thank you, Larry, for sitting in with us. We loved having you. I hope everyone has a wonderful Wednesday. And a great secret in mile. Go enjoy it. Go enjoy the rest of your day. <laughs>